You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your weekly podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, are Charles, Help, and Jim. How's it going? And coming up just a little bit later, we'll have a very special guest joining us. But first, we've got to talk (laughs) about the news. News this week is that Lunars is now in the second draft phase. (laughs) So excited about this. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, it's moving along. So we are we're cruising and uh, we'll we'll have to be sure to ask our special guest here in a little bit, a little bit more about what that means and about how much longer we've got until we start seeing this book. So that's the update from Onyx Path. Also from us, we've got a little bit of news ourselves, and that is that all of the current episodes and character introductions are up over at the new Wild Shape podcast, which yeah. now does actually, it's it's actually present on all the different platforms. Uh, for it some reason. It took eight years to show up on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, Apple took a long time in the approval process. That, I mean, maybe they thought that we were going to be like, you know, mirror streaming uh, Alex Jones or something, and that's why they had to be extra super careful. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, so they that's finally up at iTunes. So now it's everywhere. It's at Stitcher, it's at Google Play, it's at iTunes, it's at TuneIn, it's at Podbean. It's on the internet at our uh, fivepoles.com slash wildshape. So wherever you want to go to subscribe to the RSS, put it in your old pod catcher. And while you're there, you why don't you tickle do that. that rating button? <laughs> yeah, tickle absolutely. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tickle it five times. And not be weird about tickle it. Five times. <laughs> you know, that's right. That's right. But yeah, be sure to check out our character introductions, especially. I think these are really cool, really exciting. Uh, we've got, of course, the three for episode one with Jax and uh, Riley and Vutes. Those are up there. And then right. we also have my character and new player Michael's character introduction up for episode two and i'm still not convinced that michael and neil are separate people <laughs> <laughs> somebody on reddit was saying how much they were looking forward to hearing two neils <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you're gonna get two yeah but yeah uh, you are <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah check those out and 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 you know especially attentive listeners will be able to pick up on the fact that my character (laughs) has actually already been introduced in the story before. Mm. So there you go. Spoiler alert or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Teaser whatnot. But yeah, so go check out, go, go subscribe to the wild shape podcast because episode two will be coming here pretty soon. Well, Corey, I'd like to take a minute to thank uh, a couple of our new Patreon uh, supporters Justin M Dylan F and Gerald thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon and uh, helping girls, us if, yeah and I use yes I use I should say dudes dudes is a gender neutral word I don't know thank it you. is a gender neutral it is, dude, it is. dude is actually I've used dude to refer to things that are inanimate Charles you just need to reach back into your southern 
uh, just, upbringing. Thanks, and y'all. Them, just say, yeah, thanks all y'all, right? <laughs> yeah, thanks all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, thank you, my dudes and dudettes, for uh, helping support us on Patreon. We're really excited about uh, using that to help uh, improve the quality of the show, improve the amount of the show that we're able to bring to you. Yes, so we're really excited absolutely. about that. Um, also, we have an image for our first t-shirt up on Patreon, which you can Ooh. get uh, at a certain pledge level. So we're pretty excited to be able to offer that. And thirdly... And that's a that's a sexy plus one t-shirt, isn't it, Charles? Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. Yes. It gives you a free dot in appearance. <laughs> um, and thirdly my home game the first episode of my home game will be available to our patreon supporters this week so look forward to bringing that to you it's a bit longer i know that uh Corey's first episode of his home game with his two daughters is up and it's what like 30 45 minutes you're welcome yeah, no, that's no, no, no. That I'm not saying that in a in a bad way. No, like, that's I know, good I know, to have a very digestible bit. My yeah. games are longer; they run between three and four hours. Right. So it's gonna take you know a little bit more work to get through those. But I am excited and also uh, embarrassed already for you guys <laughs> and gals to listen to me horrifically bungle running an exalted game. <laughs> yes right well yeah we'll go check that out and uh or don't if, either way or, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm okay either way <laughs> don't, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah we appreciate all those who are supporting us over there and if you haven't thought about it yet we just ask you to consider it we love our listeners anyway but if you want to help us out it's going to go back into the show just making the show better so hope that you consider doing that okay so for this part of the show we wanted to have a little bit of an interview with onyx paths very own Dixie Cochran, Dixie Cyanide. Welcome to the show. We're Hi. so glad we could have you on. Happy to be Love here. Love hearing you on the Pathcast. Uh, I don't uh, don't tell the other two guys, but I mean you're clearly my favorite out of the three. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean Jim and I have to pick another one of the three to be our favorite now? <laughs> yeah, usually that's the way that works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, so that when you're doing your Onyx Pathcast role playing, you all have your characters that you're playing. That's with, right. right. That's yeah. right. So I'm gonna have to work on my Dixie voice uh, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably a, a little bit easier than Dawkins, at least, you know? Matthew oh, Dawkins yeah. has a very specific tone. Well, I don't know. You know, sometimes uh, learning to talk like Eddie, you know, he's almost like the um, uh, the Micro Machines guy. You know, sometimes he talks really fast. <laughs> I think that all of it, both, both Eddie and I have a tendency to get really sped up when we're excited. And yes. I always go back, of course, listen to our, our episodes for, you know, quality control, see what I can improve. And most of the time, that's the main thing I'm thinking is I'm like, man, I'm talking really fast about this thing. <laughs> I should, I should take a breath. I should calm down. But then, if right. you if you take a breath, Matthew Dawkins just interrupts you. It's terrible. So <laughs> that is true. He is well. Leave it to that. the Brits. <laughs> He's my oh, character, well. by the way, because he gets a plus five on all intelligence based roles because of his accent. No, no, well, no, 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 no. Eddie he likes gets, dogs. He so. gets charisma. <laughs> Yeah. I get the intelligence. Oh, yeah. It's really Our... just deception. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, well, thanks for being on. And we wanted to just talk to you a little bit about your own role with 
onyx path and especially as it relates to exalted and just kind of get a feel for all the things that you do with the game and your feelings about the game and maybe even some of your own ideas and hopes and dreams for what could happen in the future but before we get into all of those particulars mm -hmm. the thing that we always have to ask first is and this if is you important could be, yes this is very important <laughs> if okay. you could be any exalt type which one would you be so the type of exalt that I have decided is my my personal exalt type is actually the sidereals of endings. Ooh. Um, okay. There's a couple of reasons for this. The first one is silly, and the other ones actually make sense. So the first one is that their symbol is, of course, a symbol for the planet Saturn. Anyone right. that listens to the podcast knows I'm a big Sailor Moon fan. My favorite Sailor Scout has been Sailor <laughs> Saturn since <laughs> I was a kid. Uh, so when I first saw the purple Saturn symbol, I was like, I've already got that on T-shirts. Like, I'm a... Huge. Oh. But, <laughs> but that said, um, as I am more of the project manager for Exalted more than the creative director, right. uh, to me, Chosen of Endings, it's like, okay, so we're going to finish projects. We're going to put them out. <laughs> I'm a little type A. Right. Um, oh. And also when it comes to the sidereals, the whole weaving fate, all that, that is kind of something that I connect to my work on Exalted. Because even right. though Eric and Vance do most of the creative direction, along with our other developers like Megan Fitzgerald and Neil Price, I am the one who kind of ultimately weaves it all together and says, yes, no, let's try this, let's try that. Um, awesome. So yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of what I've taken as my personal type. In, <laughs> in the Exalted Slack, that is the symbol that is next to my name. So. Oh, very cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, you're nice. joining the ranks of uh, how, how many sidereals are we up to now? I think that's I about two, three. I think. Yeah, what? that's two. Well, there can only okay. be 100, so you have 98 to go. <laughs> <laughs> was it uh, Tyler Perry? But Tyler, Tyler Perry from Third Disney edition, Island. is it only 100? Or was that just second edition? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Here we go again. As, as we are not writing that book yet, I cannot speak to it. Um, I, will I can literally hear people years. furiously <laughs> typing on the official forums right now. <laughs> 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 oh yeah awesome well very good well welcome to the ranks of heaven so uh Thank you'll you. be joining who's who's up there in heaven with tyler her, um, tyler tyler that's right yes i thought we had one other person that said they'd like to be a sidereal i think someone started to say sidereals but in fact i think it was jamie oh yeah she said oh i should have picked that. no i think it was jamie that picked sidereal and tyler said oh i should have done that oh yeah, yeah that's tyler right said, oh, tyler, yeah. said tyler dragon picked uh, dragon blood <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's right what it was. Then That's he said he should have. Yeah. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you want to live in heaven, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, you've already <laughs> spoken to this just a little bit, but tell us just about your, your current role with the Exalted line. Like, what do you do for it on a on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month yeah. basis. So I'll actually give you a little bit of history because it's kind of funny to me. When okay. I got offered this job with Onyx Path as a full-time freelance in-house developer uh, back in February of this year, uh, Rich kind of came to me. Rich, Rich Thomas, of course, our, our creative director at Onyx Path. Right and said, okay, so, you know, Rose, Rose left to pursue her own projects. We have Eddie and Matthew who are running these lines. I'd love you to run all the Chronicles of, of Darkness games, so Vampire the Requiem, etc., and Exalted. And Exalted was actually the one that I went, oh, I don't know. Um, right. Because I had never <laughs> played it, and I knew it was... It had a huge fan base. I knew it was a little bit more complicated than a lot of our other games, just in terms of even the the basic mechanics. And I didn't know much about it, honestly. Right. Um, and I, I, I kind of was like, okay, that's that big, sweeping, epic kind of anime, fantasy, you know, a little bit of everything game. I actually went to Neil Price, who's a good friend of mine, and was like, can you tell me a little bit more about this if I'm going to take over, you know, as the project manager? 
Um, and right. he, he was very nice and sat down with me and kind of went through a lot of the basics of the lore. Um, Two every, hours later. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Two hours later. Everything else I've picked up on that has been um, like very much since then from being in the Slack and from working on the actual projects and reading the outlines and everything. The only book I had read before coming on was The Realm, because I edited it. Right. And I think that Eric and Vance's comments, if I remember correctly, after I edited that one was... She's a really good technical editor, but she doesn't know anything about Exalted. <laughs> and this was this was last last year. This was like over a year ago. Right. And and part of it was because I, I was questioning things. I was like, why does the realm have to be capitalized? Why is creation capitalized? This is all very weird, like from an English right. perspective. Right. But now I'm much more familiar with the style, obviously. So on a day to day basis, what I do is I I do kind of mod the slack that's part of my job is I kind of make sure that discussions are actually being productive and we don't get too far off base because it is a professional you know workspace even though we do have a lot of fun in there and because a lot of our writers are you know fans obviously and we Mm -hmm. we have a lot of new writers for heirs to the shogunate um it can sometimes get very excited in there (laughs) and that means that sometimes i log on and it's like 500 plus messages and i'm going oh gosh what's happened (laughs) Um, sounds like our text message chains right (laughs) but yeah so everyone in the slack has a really good time they're a lot of fun i also go through and discuss things just with eric and vance i'm kind of the interface between like rich and white wolf and the creative team so i'm the one responsible for sending pitches and outlines up the chain to white wolf and then if there are changes to be made i'm the ones that come back and says like okay try this instead um i'm also now as of very recently in charge of all the fiction as far as developing it oh uh because we had some stuff that needed to be developed really closely from the original exalted kickstarter but that's that's being released hopefully soon now and then those two novels matt forbeck and whatever else yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they are they are quite good, and they are getting to a state of completion finally, which is awesome. Uh, awesome. But I'm also in yes. charge of the dragon-blooded novellas and getting writers for those. Um, and then, of course, I'm sure that Lunars will have fiction attached to it when we do that Kickstarter, so I'll be kind of in charge of that. And part of that's just because we want the fiction to really reflect the current Exalted Third canon. And we right. really want it yeah, to be good. something that the fans appreciate and like. When the first ones were written, the core wasn't out yet was the big problem. So yeah. some of the stuff in there, while the writing was fantastic, wasn't quite reflective of the tone right. and of right. some of the lore that we're going with. So that's that's why it's been kind of stuck for a little while, but it is moving forward now, which is awesome. That's cool. So yeah, so a lot of what I do is like big project management, overarching creative stuff. I kind of let Vance and Eric do their thing. Yeah. And I just go, yes, no. Usually it's yes, because they know what they're doing. Um, And I occasionally go, eh, we didn't really love this one. Can we rework it a little bit? You know, but nothing major. That's cool. Well, you mentioned something that perked my interest a little bit. You talked about the the capitalization of all of these different words. And I think (laughs) I heard you say one time on the PathCast that you have like a list of all the things that should be capitalized and should not be capitalized? Yeah, uh, there's style guides for a lot of things. We don't have every single term entered into it, but I do have a a master spreadsheet of like Chronicles of Darkness terms, for instance, because Chronicles of Darkness uh, got rid of a lot of the capitalization that World of Darkness had used prior. Yeah. Uh, just because I I think that when you're reading a book and there's too many things that are capitalized, it gets a little bit muddy. It does. Um, (laughs) It's a little hard to read. Um, I'm still working on kind of a better guide for Exalted just because I like it's it's established already, so I can't right. change it now. Like had I edited the core, there might have been some things I might have taken down a little bit. 
Um, but as it is now, yeah, I'm just trying to kind of make sure there is a master list. Uh, Lee Shepard actually knows a lot more about that than I do. He's done a lot of the oh, editing okay. on Exalted. Yeah. Um, and he's also kind of our lore encyclopedia in the Slack. <laughs> Like, every okay. time anyone has a question, he's the one who can go, you know, well, in first edition, it was this way. In second edition, it was this way. But in third edition, we changed it to do this. And I'm like, oh, my God, Lee, how do you have that in your head? Right. Um, he has been a staple on the forums and everything else just for, I mean, since the beginning. He, yeah. I can definitely imagine that he would know all that. But, you know, I know it's like super uh, kind of dorky nerdy, but I would I would really like to see that list <laughs> of the capitalization. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that writes style guides. Like I have, we have our own website where we do play by post and everything. And mm -hmm. I have written like a very, very intricate style guide for exactly how you're supposed to post things. I would like to have a list of these are the words that are supposed to be capitalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is yes, one that I would we would to... like our very in-depth uh, style guide to be even more in-depth. That That's sounds, right. Sounds and like a lot of fun for weekly us. Weekly quizzes on all <laughs> the various <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel like that important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we talked earlier in the show about the fact that Lunar's, the mm -hmm. Lunar's book, is now in the second draft status. It is. I'm now, so what excited. exactly does that mean? Oh, uh, well, so first draft is usually a six to eight week period where people get their outlines, they write to the outline, and then we have that period called red lines that I talked about on the Pathcast, which is where the developers go through. It can take anywhere from a week to a month, depending on how big the book is, right. um, where they go through all the first drafts and they say, change this, more of this, less of this, um, you know just all all the little notes that, that you give people when they're working for hire as opposed to working on their own creative stuff because right. it does all have to flow together and it does all have to have the same tone i mean our goal obviously is to make books sound like they were written by one person when it was actually yeah. 12 to 20. um so yeah so vance and eric go through they they actually redline each other too if they're doing any writing which is cool like they'll oh, because cool. you can't redline your own work um right. so yeah so they go through they they do it together they have a whole system um and then we go back to second drafts, which is also, you know, final drafts, te technically. That okay. process can take anywhere from six to eight weeks. I don't have my deadline schedule up, so I'm not sure what the actual deadline is. And occasionally, okay. I, I hate giving exact dates because somebody might need an extension. We've, got, we've also got the kind of holiday season that we're rolling into, so I don't know right. exact everything. I do know that we're planning our Lunar's Kickstarter for early next year. Oh, um, awesome. Oh, wow. So, yes. save your Christmas money, folks. Yes. <laughs> so, I can already feel how poor purchases. I'm going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to take out a second oh, mortgage. And, my poor wallet. And I mean, when, I, when they say early next year, I don't know precisely if we're talking January or April. Right. But, you know, hopefully first quarter next year. We have a lot of Kickstarters that we'd like to do, but that's definitely right. on our list. I know what our next few are for the end of the year, and none of them are exalted, obviously. But right. the next oh. big Kickstarter will be Lunars, and then there'll be probably, just like with Dragonblooded, a smaller book attached to that. Right. Uh, so there'll be some kind of companion book, most likely, that comes out of the Kickstarter. Uh, don't know what all those goals are yet. I know that Eric and Vance have already been talking about them, because they know that it's coming up at some point. Right. Sweet. But, but yeah, so that, that should be happening early next year. And just like with Dragonblooded, since the final text should be in within the next, you know, two months or so, we should be able to release the manuscript at time of Kickstarter. Awesome. Oh, wow. That was so now, good as part of the Dragonblood. That was, see, it this made is, all the difference. This is why I yeah. decide serial of endings is because I just want books to come out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know that for a long time, Exalted fans didn't have any new material. They just had Solars. And there was a long right. time where it was just Solars, core book, Solars, core book. And so with the fact that within 
one calendar year, we're able to deliver you two new splats to play with. Right. It's something that we're super proud of. Um, we I, need to work your mojo on the ending of this here on, dragon on blooded book. What just happened? <laughs> we got to get this dragon blooded book wrapped up and out. We uh, like we uh, you know we have the manuscript, you know, mm-hmm. awesome. Love reading it, but man, I want to see it in all the well, art and the layout and everything. Let what, let what? me tell you something about the art process for that. So it is in layout. Um, the art that I've seen is amazing. And yes. one thing about Eric and Vance that is both really good, but sometimes I think annoys our art director, is that <laughs> they are so specific about the art. Uh, like, we have yes. sent back so many notes going, this guy looks like he's a little, like, like this, this, this guy needs embroidery on his clothes because otherwise he looks like a <laughs> farmer and he is supposed to be a merchant. You know, this... Wow. This person's supposed to have a red blade, and it's not the right color, and we need to fix it. Like, it's it's little, little stuff that we play with. Right. Um, but I've seen some beautiful illustrations from Dragon Blooded. Uh, there's a gorgeous, like, painterly piece of the rose black that I'm super into. Mm. There is a really awesome Mayan-inspired uh, carving that has all the Dragon Blooded symbols that's really oh. awesome. And I think that my favorite piece and a lot of other people's favorite piece is one of a girl who's maybe seven years old. Um, exalting and making flames go everywhere and everybody behind her is terrified and she just looks like she is having the time of her life she's just like I made fire this is great and all the adults in the room are like oh gosh I I love the artist's rendition of the point of exaltation I love that yeah. yeah. So there, there's a lot of really cool art going into it. Um, we also do at some, like the art is being worked on for the non-deluxe cover. Cause of course we always have like yeah. a, a POD cover. Um, right. and that's going to be another one of the watercolors, just like on the core. Um, awesome. not, not just like it's not the same artist, but in a similar right. style. And that's going to be Kingfisher Swift. Ah, yes. So. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about all the art, but the art process. She's for the this purple book, hair one, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, she's like pink hair. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, she looks um, really awesome. That'll be a good one. Yeah, we, we thought she was the most visually dynamic character. Yeah, um, absolutely. And also we continue to be a little subversive because in the name of diversity, I'm like, we're going to you know, say we're going to put the black woman on the front. Right, Anyone yeah, that darker doesn't skin, wanna, woman, yeah. pink hair. Yeah, she's good to go. I'm into that. Yeah, uh, yeah as, me too. As, as a woman with green hair, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff with that. The art process has been amazing, uh, and it is very much in layout. I know that right after that, I think Mike, our art director, plans to roll into laying out the realm. Um, so that'll yep. be coming out at some point, too. That has very been cool. written for a while, so it's just a matter right. of there were priority projects. And right. then we're also in first drafts on Heirs to the Shogunate. I think we're getting close to red lines. Um, Uh So the companion book should be out at some point, too. I think what a lot of people don't realize is that we do only have, like, our art director is one person. So even though he will occasionally farm out layout projects to other people, uh, there are certain projects like Exalted that they have a very clear vision for. Because I'm sure you've seen, even in the core, we've gone a little bit away from the old comic book anime style. Right. And a little bit more fantasy influenced by those things. Mm-hmm. So because he has such a clear vision, we're kind of, you know, he's the one that everything goes through. So it does take a little bit sometimes, but it's because it's literally one man who's trying to lay out Scion, Dragonblooded, Trinity, um, <laughs> the Changeling right. Core, the Monarchies of Malcor. Like, we had a lot of cores hit him at one Jeez. time. Yeah. And uh, I feel kind of bad for him, actually, because he, he had Wraith, he has Geist. <laughs> like, we kind of just threw, like, 12 core bucks at him and said, have fun. 
Um, <laughs> You're setting the tone for all these lines going forward. Don't mess it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. But um, I, I have liked every single piece of art that I've seen come out of uh, come out for for Dragon Blooded, and I'm sure all the stuff for the realm is going to be really cool too. Very cool. Yeah. So, is it true that Exalted is one of the most popular or successful lines for Onyx Path Publishing? And if so, how do you see Exalted fitting in the hierarchy of OPP games? Okay, so it is definitely one where we can be pretty sure that any Kickstarter or thing we're go- we-, we put out is going to sell. That is yes. something about Exalted. That is not true for every single game line. Um, right. You know, there there are certain game lines. Vampire the Masquerade. We're going to sell products. You know, you uh, right. at, at this point, Pugmire, huge. It's going to sell. Yeah. Um, Exalted. That's very definitely cool. By the way, I'm so glad that that one that yeah. that one became a hit like that. Yeah. I love Pugmire, but um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So it does have a super established fan base, which means that we know that at least you know this many people are probably going to pick up a copy of most things we put out. Maybe not things like the Jumpstart because not everybody needs that. But as far as the larger books, whether it is what we call a a fat splat, which is something like Lunars or Dragonblooded, or even a smaller splat, which is what I think they're talking about, like Gatimians being eventually. Um, So yeah, that's 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 a little nugget for you. I don't I don't really put most of our projects in a hierarchy. We do talk about them as far as like what priority they kind of land at, and Exalted is one of the kind of tier one properties that said it is still a white wolf license so when it comes to onyx path i know that we are focusing a lot on our our owned games and our creator owned games so that's going to be things like scion and trinity which we do own um and then things like pugmire which is owned by pug study and eddie webb but which you know he he worked closely with us obviously uh cavaliers of mars we announced legend lore at uh gen con which is going to be a new license for us so I know that White Wolf, you know, obviously realizes too that Exalted is a huge property. Exactly. Um, yeah. I I do believe they're they're at some point probably going to release a Storyteller's Vault for it. I I can't imagine they wouldn't. Hmm. Um, right. I still think it would make a great video game, and I still hope yeah. somebody pitches and that to Paradox someday because I want to see th- it. Well, on yeah, the video they game. actually asked for that on Twitch. Uh, they, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw that, and then I had to immediately calm down the Slack. Because the Slack, I think, didn't quite realize they were talking about having a video game studio pitch it to them. I was like, I was like, yes, everybody has an idea for an exalted video game, but I don't think that they just want one of the writers. They want somebody who could actually make the game. Well, I don't, I don't know exactly what that would look like for Exalted, just because of the scale of the characters and the kind of action and whatnot. I mean, I don't know if it would work as well as, say, you know, one of the old Infinity Engine games, just because those seem to be very small scale individual combat almost right i think exalted would be awesome in either an mmo capacity of this because i'm I'm a huge mmo player um or i think it would just be awesome as like a god of war type game where you just play like one exalt type going on your adventures Mm. it'd be very easy to see it working as something like a dynasty warriors but the problem is that like hardly anybody plays (laughs) dynasty warriors right (laughs) but 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 that's like the most like exalted you know you walk Mm -hmm. into this giant group of a thousand people and just like swing your fists and 30 of them go flying you know 
So yeah, I'm not sure what that would look like. I mean, because there's so much narrative appeal to Exalted, right? That it would almost be sad just to put it into just a you know a hack and slash or whatever. Well, that's but. that's part of why I was saying like either an MMO or even just like a, a, a single player RPG that actually has a story. Yeah. Um, I would prefer the single player RPG. Yeah, yeah me but, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a as a big Skyrim Fallout whatever player, like I would totally yeah. play a single player RPG of Exalted. I would Absolutely. just hope they would let you yeah. have different exalt types for your uh, for your personal character. Right. That's, Although that's, it, it probably wouldn't be bad if they just had not like you couldn't even pick a cast. You you just are this Dawncast guy. Like you were talking about with the God of War. Mm-hmm. You are this Dawncast guy and he has all of these abilities. That way or you could, woman. You could, Right, exactly. I'm sorry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you just uh, you, you don't then have to have a thousand charms that are able to be chosen. You just have these, you know, certain ones. You know, what yeah. if you created a character that was a mortal and the game randomly chose what cast to stick you in based on how you built your mortal character? Yeah, but then you're, you're talking about like having to very much tweak the game design then because if you if you end up as an eclipse and then you want to go lots more towards social interaction where that's a completely different kind of game than like a god of war right right so yeah that's it why can i be said done. if you're gonna Don't make an action, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make an action i think you would want to tighten it up a little. but yeah i think it's a, it's a very interesting idea and uh and i'm loving this new renaissance that we're having in role-playing video games especially with you know what um uh, with the Pillars of Eternity and Tyrant uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and yeah. the new Pathfinder Kingmaker coming out Divinity. next month. I mean, yeah, yes, the, inf- the old Infinity Engine type stuff. Oh, I think they did a Numenera one also. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Tides so those, of Torment. Right. Those things are so cool. I just And, and, and part of me is like, yes, just make one of those. But I, I just don't know if it could work for Exalted. I don't know. But yeah, like I said, I, that, that is not up to us. That's up to the license right. holders. And that's, oh, of course. That's why, like, when you ask about, like, hierarchy, as much as... Exalted's great. It's awesome for us, and I love it. And everybody, you know, has a huge fan base. We can't guarantee that we're going to have those licenses forever. We right. hope we will. We are working even more closely with White Wolf now. Now that we've announced that we're doing V Five Chicago, so people know that we're right. still on board with them doing Vampire Fifth Edition products, um, which is great because I know that for a, lo- a long time people were like, "Oh God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen?" Because White Wolf took over and they're doing V Five and Oh No Onyx Path, and it's like, no, we're we're like sister companies. Like we do work together. Right. Right. We do know each other. Like we were Gen Con staring at each other across the aisle the whole time and hanging out at right. night. You know. <laughs> well, if like, you guys keep having the success that you've been having so far, I don't see why they would ever want to take it away from you. Y'all, yeah, well, good yeah, job. yeah. They, you know, they do own the the thing, and you know, just like with Vampire, at some point you say, "Well, hey, this is a really hot selling product. We want to get it back into stores. We want to do this and that." I mean, I could see them saying. Yeah, we want to take a crack at right. But if the kid kid down the road keeps cutting my grass perfectly, I I could do it myself. But I'd rather just you know he's doing a good job. Let him keep doing it. That's kind of the thing. Is like White Wolf, um, as 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 a company has kind of stated that their goal isn't to just make books. They made V five in house because they wanted to really drive the the line. But yeah. they're licensing right. stuff out to us, to Modifius, to other people. They're doing other other products. They're doing their Geek and Sundry stuff they just announced. 
Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're doing a Vampire Fifth live play on uh, on Alpha. Oh yeah, that's um, right. I did wow. see that. Yeah, yeah. So so they're really trying to do like a multi, you know, kind of transmedia thing with with vampires specifically. Very good idea, by the way. That yeah. Was, yeah. That was oh good, no, that's a good idea. idea, especially with the success of something like Critical Role, and and there's no telling how much Critical Role has just driven the adoption of D and D five. Right. Know? I mean, so getting on Geek and Sundry, getting getting some really well-made content out there, I think, is a, a big part of pushing everything forward. Right. So because of that, though, I really doubt they're going to want to start making our 200,000-word Exalted Splats. Like, that's not yeah. what they're interested in. <laughs> um, so I, right. for the foreseeable future, I think that they're content to just let us do our thing. Uh, yeah. Which is great, and I I'm super glad that that's the case because I think that Eric Mitten and Robert Vance have such a clear vision of the next like 15 books they're trying to do. Right. I have a I I sat them down about one or two months into this job and said, okay, I keep hearing you talk about all of these books. Please explain them all to me. And <laughs> we got on Skype and they sat down and they they went through bit by bit and what they're all going to be and how long they plan for them all to be and I'm like you've got books planned to 2023 you you realize that right like this isn't like yes. like you can't make all like these next year unless yes. we hire 200 more writers like yeah. um, wow we are trying to hire new writers for all of our books but not a ton. We're trying to put you know ten or so people that know their exalted stuff and then maybe three okay, or four we'll do new it. ones. <laughs> People are well, submission is I know Corey. In, so. Corey's actually yep. put in a submission. Yeah, yeah. I, have, That's right. I, I have seen them pop up because we do get an email about the submissions. We're just right. not hiring for anything right now, so you won't hear yeah, anything no, until I, we are. I understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, no, I've, I've definitely seen the submissions pop up, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, I know that name. And I'm like, right. all right. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so like, heirs the Shogunate. The, the fact that we have two books in production at the same time right now is great. Like, yeah, that is great. Eventually, yeah, if we can train up another developer to do some of like the smaller projects, then I would yeah, like really to have three. Yeah. Yeah. And That'd I mean, I've, awesome. I've I've got Neil and I've got Megan who are both great. Um, they the just issue have is so that much other stuff. right, Megan does yeah. Changeling. Megan's doing Hundred Devils and Adversaries. Megan's working on a Mage book right now. Like Megan does eighteen different things at any given time because she right. also outside of us she works on Modern Age. She works on Star Trek. She works on all kinds of things. It's crazy. Um, That's Neil. Just crazy. Has is so sunk into Scion because we're trying so hard to push out Origin and Hero, but right. I think that once those books are out, he's gonna take a deep breath and then take on probably an exalted project at some point. Um, cool. But yeah, so there's there's just a lot of you know logistics that go into it. Cause... We like to call Scion exalted modern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once you get to like demigod tier, but origin yeah, tier characters right. aren't exactly exalts. <laughs> right. But Dixie, yeah. I have a question for you. So, um, we talked we talked a little bit about this before the show, but uh -huh. maybe our listeners would like to know who or what introduced you to tabletop RPGs. Oh yeah. Um, so I started playing D and D when I was seven years old. My mom's best friend Kim, who uh, was our roommate for a little while, my my parents split up. It was a whole thing. Um, so Kim lived with us for a little while, and all of their friends had kids that were close in age. We were all between like you know four and nine. Um, mm -hmm. And they would run these like kind of D and D light modules for us. Like I remember we were you know exploring a pyramid and one. Like it was it was it was cool. Um, and then Kim also ran a small game just for me and my mom. Uh, for a little while and then I had this period of maybe from the age of 9 to you know 11 or so maybe 3rd to 5th grade 
where I uh, essentially LARPed by accident because my friends had found her brother's <laughs> D&D books and we just pretended to be characters out of them all the time. <laughs> Um, it was a whole thing. I don't know. I, I, I accidentally LARPed when I was young. And then when I was 14, I was in high school, ninth grade, I started playing Vampire the Masquerade and Changeling and some, some other smaller games. Like, I played in Nominee a lot, which I actually really liked. Mm, okay. um, I played uh, some Big Eye Small Mouth stuff because I was in Japanese club. I was in anime, you know. Um, that's, that's old school. Now, they put that up on the White Wolf page, right? Now that... that- yeah. Didn't White Wolf put that up so. on their page that Maybe. they own that license and kind of like claiming that and being proud of that and whatever? Yeah, it's an old school FASA thing, so I'm not actually sure like what oh, all has happened behind the scenes with that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, I smell a tangent coming. <laughs> <laughs> FASA was my very favorite thing in the Here entire universe. Yeah, there it is. For so long. Earth Dawn, Shadowrun. Oh, I was just... It, Mech Warrior too, but I mean, I was, I was just oh, so into Earth Dawn. I'm, I'm very, Earth very... Dawn, good friends with um adam jury last who works on eclipse phase now uh-huh. and he has told me many stories from fasa from years and years because he's worked on Shadowrun, he's worked on all kinds of stuff so he is oh, a, it was just adam it was jury like one of the Lass, worst days yeah. of my life when fasa closed their doors oh, no. on me. Oh, i was just <laughs> no. it was such a heartbreak man <laughs> But I had, he, the, I had the entire print run of Shadowrun and Earth Dawn. Yep. I just, oh, I love that stuff. I'm a big Shadowrun fan. Um, yeah. And I, Jim, do you remember driving to the north side of Atlanta when we were teenagers to get some new Earth Dawn book out of that Oxford bookstore? And we almost like wrecked a car coming off the interstate because some police officer had parked in the middle of the road up ahead and there was a huge line of cars. We come around the corner, everybody stopped. I slammed on the brakes. We're like sliding down past like four or five cars in the median. Do you remember that? Do you remember almost dying in my car that day? <laughs> I, I try to uh, forget about my experiences of almost dying. Yeah. But well, yes, I do remember that. that. Was, all of that was for an Earth Dawn book. Man, gosh, I love it. I mean, I can't say that I remember that, but I do remember driving to North Atlanta to get stuff when I was younger. That's weird. I, which uh, which part did you live in back I, in the day? I was in Decatur. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. technically Avondale Estates, but so many people don't know what that is because it's like yeah, I know exactly a where mile. that is. Yeah. 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 My my grandparents and my mom and stepdad still live there. So near I, the farmers market. I will. Be, oh my god, the farmers market. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will be there for Dragon Con and oh, do you, do do any of you guys do yeah, Dragon next, Con? Because I'll be at Dragon Con. You know, when I've is Dragon never, Con? It's like it's next uh, week, Labor Day weekend. Next... Like it, it's been forever. It's in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. I've actually never been. I know people who like run various parts of the thing. I, it's it, you would think it's right up my alley, but I've just I've never been to Dragon Con. I've been once. My dad took me there. Me and my brother. This is my twentieth year going. Oh, no wow. way! Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! That's awesome. <laughs> but we are all three Atlanta boys. Uh, yeah. Whoop. Us three on the on the podcast here. We're all from from southeast. Seven seven zero. Uh, I'm actually older, Charles, so I remember 404. I was going to say, I have a 404 number at my grandma's No, my house. mom's cell phone number starts with 404. We had 404, 678. I remember when we didn't have to dial area codes. Yeah, I remember yeah. that too. Yeah. Awesome. I remember awesome. my grandmother's old phone number still. Very weird. <laughs> this will be in the uh, Georgia specialty portion of the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia. 
<laughs> no, no. All right. So if you don't know what yeah, four seven four means, you were from get out. The Atlanta area. <laughs> I remember you saying that you had to come back to Atlanta for something. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I grew up in North Carolina, but my parents are from Atlanta originally. So right. I ended up living there for a little while in my twenties. Um, and then I I've moved all over since then. I'm currently in Delaware, but I've lived in like five different states. So yeah. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm up in Maryland now. Oh. Yeah. You're very close yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Well, let's get back to Exalted here. <laughs> I mean, it's really fun Hunter to talk Jen. about our relative geographical positions yeah. on the map, but... <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. So, uh, uh, I, mean, but I, I do love being in the south of creation. So, yeah. that's where we are right now. All right. So, what do you think has been the coolest thing that you've learned about Exalted since taking on this role that you have here? Oh no! You said you so didn't much. have a, you didn't know a whole lot coming into it, and so I, I know you've learned a whole lot. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll totally honest, like to me, everything is cool. Like whenever folks tell me about some of the stuff you can do in the game, um, watching, like I said, Neil runs his War in the West game, which he recaps on our Slack, and sometimes he's talking about stuff that I'm like, I didn't know you could do this. What, what is this game? Like you can do anything <laughs> in this game, which is awesome. Right. <laughs> um, when I was reading over some of the novels to get through that, and I got to read a lot about like Yushan and the way that the gods work, that was really cool. Um, I'm really into the whole concept of exigence. I'm super into that because I think it's really awesome that like one one kind of smaller lesser god can just you know give up a lot of their divine spark to make one exalt for a specific purpose. Right. Um, right. Just because that feels very nifty. But then even talking about things like how, you know, how the Lunars approach warfare, how different, you know, circles of various things work, how the dragon-blooded work, like, there's just, every time I get new information, I'm like, that's cool. Um, Because the first thing... Anybody talk to you about alchemicals yet? (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I have have talked to you about alchemicals. I've been talked to you about giant people that contain cities inside them. I have been talked to you about war striders. Um... (laughs) It's just such an expansive <laughs> world and right. it's got so many things in it and the, the scope of creation is something that very much kind of boggled my mind when I first learned about it because I think right. you get used to it fantasy worlds Charles. being <laughs> being moderately finite and right. creation just almost does not even feel finite to me because every time that we talk about adding stuff in like we're talking about a setting book called across the eight directions and all the stuff we're talking about putting in there um it's just it's it's it is mind-bogglingly huge and right. then you add to the fact that there's also different planes like you go into like i said like like yushan and that's a whole different place that has all of its own <laughs> rules and all of its own things going on and right. uh yeah so yeah just learning the like scope of it the amount of things you can do with a game it's it's crazy to me because i don't think i've ever played a game that had this much i don't know choice options um for kind of how you play it because you can play a super political dynastic type game you can play a very adventure we're going to go to the wild and fight monsters game and i like games that provide you those options that's part of why i liked vampire when i first started playing it is because you could right. play just a super social political game and you could play we're gonna go you know shoot werewolves and fight things game um <laughs> somebody on twitter i think somebody on twitter posted something then then onyx path uh it was something about vampire just getting into vampire love this stuff i'm gonna have to play this onyx path 
you know liked it retweeted it said some things about it and i was just like well now that you know now that you know about vampire you got to get into exalted because it's all of those things oh yeah remember onyx path said uh yeah you should check out we've got werewolves and mages and changelings and what and then i said yeah and then later you can get into exalted which has all of those things plus avatar the last airbender thundercats and he-man so you know like, <laughs> literally we've got it all right you know so yeah and that's and that's that's why it's so cool it's because you you really can pick the way you're going to play. Um, you can pick where you're going to play. I've like said, I've been watching Neil's game go from one place to another, and wars, and naval battles, and giant turtles or whales. There's all kinds of stuff happening in that. I can open this lock because <laughs> it is just awesome. Everything is happening. Every yeah. So so in the space of a sunny morning, the Solars has successfully one identified sympathetic ministers within the city and established a black market to smuggle people out of the tyrant city. Two planned the <laughs> optimal attack pattern to storm the tyrant's castle, rescue their target, and assassinate the king and one of his ministers. Three complimented a bee, bee spirit the size of a house on how good his mead is, using a <laughs> moderately not safe for work phrase. And then four set five gangs within the city to uh, up to start a massive gang war and create a. Huge huge citywide diversion that's wow. one morning <laughs> in this game that's awesome um there's also quotes you know floating around like you can't use presence on the storyteller and you can't argue for stunt dice for it so <laughs> <laughs> just watching someone kind of live play a game like that even has, has given me such a great idea of the scope of exalted i think right. that neil tends to fall into a slightly funny place which is you know totally possible but you could also right. play a very serious game with this and i love games that have that flexibility so yeah there's no one single cool thing everything is cool like everything i learn about is cool <laughs> so dixie what is what is your ideal release schedule for the exalted line one fat splat and two smaller books a year would be my okay. preference um nice Kind of like a Magic the Gathering sort of a thing. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to do one core set, and then we're going to do a secondary one, and then maybe an unset if we have time. Um, right. I am wearing a Magic the Gathering t-shirt right now. Sorry. Oh, uh, I'm wearing a Hearthstone t-shirt. Does that mean that the books so will be in we got sealed beef. foil packs, and they're random? <laughs> yes, yes. You have to spend $150 for a deluxe, but you don't know which deluxe you're going to get. Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> That would be so terrible. Yeah. Oh, man. But so no, how so much I, Exalted have you played? Or have you ever storytelled any? I have, story played, any? I have played zero Exalted. And I have oh, been no. very upfront about this with people. Um, I have never gotten to play it. I have gotten to look at some games. If I ever see a live play going on on Twitch, I watch it. Like, I try really hard to pay attention to it. I know there's live play podcasts. I know that, you know, everyone's doing their stuff. I try to listen to those when I get a chance. I do work a lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I've had a few people, uh, one of them being Neil, a couple of other friends who play that have said, you know, I'd like to run a game at least just for you, if not for you and a couple of other people, um, who are maybe newer to it. Cause that's part of what I'm, I don't really want to pop into a game right now with very experienced players and go right. like, I don't right. know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. 
But I also you should come on down to my game then, because none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> but yeah, so, like, if I unfortunately I, I was hoping to get to play the Lunar's playtest at Gen Con, but I never even made it out of the vendor room half the time. Um, we were oh. so busy there. So I'm right. hoping that at a smaller con, maybe somebody can grab one of the playtests and show me. Like, I want to throw a bucket of dice. I like rolling way too many <laughs> dice at one time. That's fine. I mean, um, even, th- even though it could be hectic, being busy is good. Oh, yeah. That's, that's good. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, I mean, honestly, though, and that's, that's not just Exalted. I have played very little games in the past year or so because I do so much freelancing. And, until February, I was working a full-time job and freelancing. Um, right. Now I'm working a full-time Ugh. freelancing job and also still freelancing for other companies on the nights That's and weekends crazy. sometimes. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to play. I've never gotten to play. I know that when we get more into where we're doing uh, exigence, I want to be kind of involved. In, in, involved? That's not a word. I would like to be involved. <laughs> in it is of, here. It's a word. Yeah. That was that, that was involved and exalted as one word, and I'm not sure how that <laughs> happened. Um, but yeah, so I would like to be involved in the playtesting for exigence because building your own exalt that only has a like a finite number of charms sounds right. really great for a new player. Um, right, right. Because I don't possibly because I don't oh, have to yeah. have eight million charms and charm trees. I can go okay. Oh. I have fifteen, and I built them myself, so I know what they do. You know, yeah. yeah except for the built, except for the built them myself part. I, I mean, I think new players. Yeah, you know, like, all right, time to do some game mechanic design. Like I don't know that that might be a tough sell. <laughs> there's, like a there's going to be from what I understand in that book, we plan to have a lot of here are sample charm sets and here are sample charms, right. and you can pick and choose from these if you want, or right. here's how you make your own if you want to. Yeah. So that's sure. that's awesome. kind of the plan for that. So there there will be enough that I think newer players or people that aren't as familiar with it will be able to go. Okay, I'm going to pick these 15 off a list. Right. Um, but then there'll, there'll also be, yeah, rules and mechanics for kind of how to make your own if you want to. So yeah. Well, knowing what you know now that you've had all these various you know extremely smart and knowledgeable people tell you all about the world of Exalted and all of the different things they've that that Eric and and Robert are planning for the next, you know, five years or whatever. Right. So knowing, knowing all of that stuff, what would you, as a person who now, I, I would think, I would say you have a good basis of knowledge about all of this stuff. So what would you actually like to see developed for Exalted in the future? Maybe even just to fill a gap that you perceive is there in all the stuff that other people have done. Is there something that you, that, you know, when thinking about the game and thinking about possible stories and all that kind of stuff, you think, you know, I would actually like to see this make it to Exalted. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> wow. And we stumped her. Yes. Well, no, that's just like, because I know what all's planned and it seems to cover things so extensively, it's kind of hard to think, like, oh, here's the one thing I want that we're leaving out because, like, Exalted right. doesn't seem to be a system that, or a, a, a setting that has much left out of it at all. Um, <laughs> one thing that I have, I, I don't want to go, like, too in depth with this, but we talked about it with a couple people is I would like to see both some setting intro stuff, which is something that we have for Wraith the Oblivion right now. We just released something called Handbook for the Recently Deceased. That's like a very short book that's just an intro to the setting that you can hand to a new player and say, here's what this is. And I think Ah. that Exalted Mm. is so intimidating for so many people that I would love to see (laughs) either... We've we've talked about this quite a few times, both um, as an overarching Onyx Path thing and also with the Exalted team. It would be cool to have 
like a you know brief Primer. guide to creation yeah or like right. a brief brief guide to solar exalts brief guide to dragon blooded and what they are and what they do um I think that with most games, like, if you look at things like D&D, you have, you know, a two-page spread for every race, and a two-page right. spread for every class type, and Exalted has a 200,000-word book for every one of those. Um, <laughs> so having some kind of primer, I think, is cool. Um, right. Also, one thing that I'm not, like, we're kind, we've kind of thrown around, it's not really, like, something that we're doing or not, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we won't. I'd love to see some kind of, like, scaled down version of the right. game. Eric um, talked about that a little bit, Shadow about Run Anarchy, or something. Yeah, Shadowrun Anarchy yeah. was great for Shadowrun, because Shadowrun is intimidating. I mean, I've, I've, I've played for years, yeah. and I know that I tend to play, like, Deckers, and I always joke yeah. about it because I'm like playing a Decker is great because I get to break off from the game and have my own game in the middle of the game. Um, yeah, that's a little weird. That's and that's confusing. That yeah. Right. Um, so Shadowrun Anarchy did a great job of kind of streamlining a lot of that and giving you scenarios to play through and stuff. Um, also, uh, Fate Accelerated did the same thing. Right. And I think that if if any one of the Onyx Path games kind of deserves that treatment, it's Exalted because it is hmm. such a cool setting. And right. I want to bring people into it. I want people to know about it. I want people to see how cool it is. And that's just really hard to do when you hand them, like I said, a 600-page core book and right. say, read this. It's fun. Because um, <laughs> not everybody wants to read a 600-page core rule book. If I probably never would have gotten into Vampire the Masquerade and D&D and stuff if somebody had said, hey, you have to read this tome to understand the game. Um, right. So yeah, so that's that's something that I personally would like to see. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I would like for it to happen. We'll have to see what happens with that. Um, and I do, I am looking forward to if, when, hopefully they do the Exalted Storyteller's Vault. Because I know that Exalted, I think, has probably more homebrewers than almost any other game out there. And that's going right. to be a way for people to put their polished homebrew online and actually get money for some of it which is cool and that's going to be a way for the community to fill in the perceived gaps that you know they see that maybe i don't or we don't or that we just don't have the time and resources to devote to right so yeah okay those are all things i'd well, like well th this is uh this is kind of related to that i think a little bit but um because this i mean not so much about the the content of books and whatnot but just about the books themselves uh -huh. um and this is this is about Exalted, but it's also about Onyx Path in general. Do, do you want there to be a future where Onyx Path games are once again sold on store shelves? And I don't just mean like friendly local game store. I also mean like Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, that kind of thing. Um, having worked at Books a Million, I will say that you should not shop there because um, they're not a great company. Cut the mic! Cut the mic! No. Um, <laughs> no. Sorry, I was hey, there for two years. It's one of our only. Terrible places to go get role playing stuff around here so I mean we kind of I totally understand Actually, that it's a lot better than Barnes and Noble you go to Barnes and Noble they got like five D&D books and nothing else you go into <laughs> Books a Million you're at okay, least okay. you know shop at Books section. a Million but don't work there and don't do their magazine offers or their cards <laughs> um. <laughs> you heard it here folks anyway so <laughs> just say no to the magazine if, offers if you look at the Kickstarter for Guy's second edition that we just finished, it actually says to get into stores. If you look at okay. our upcoming Dystopia Rising Kickstarter that will be live, I think, next week, um, that says to get it into stores. Um, that is something right. we are actively Pugmire, trying to do. 
Yep. Pugmire also had that as a goal, right? Pugmire is in stores. Uh, you can, right. any friendly local game store that has access to ACD catalogs um, can order that through Studio 2 Publishing. Okay. Uh, I was actually very excited. I was working at a game store when it was released, and I was really excited the first time that I opened our ACD Alliance catalogs and saw it listed in there as a thing we could order. Because um, it, it's right. at Autopath Publishing. I was like, I work for them. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that is something that we're trying to do. That's something that uh, just wasn't feasible for a long time because right. a lot of the bigger distributors like Books a Million and Barnes & Noble... I mean, they're not going to just order 500 copies. They have to right. believe they can sell 10,000 copies or 100,000 copies or however much they end up right. ordering for their store. And right. so the only there's only a couple there's only a couple of companies if you go to those places that even have those numbers. You know, Wizards has those numbers, Paizo has those numbers. Almost nobody else does. Right. Um. So I hmm. do, I don't know about Barnes and Noble and Books a Million and big big box stores like that. Um, just because that's a very different thing. I know that even at the very end of the CCP White Wolf days in Atlanta, that was a whole problem, was that they just weren't ordering enough right. um, to right. keep it feasible. However, we are trying to partner with Studio 2. We're trying to do something beyond print-on-demand. Um, so I'm hoping that future books will get into stores. I don't know about Exalted specifically. I, I would like it to. Um, I'd like right. all of our books to. But we are, that's something that we're exploring right now with various distribution partners. I know Rich talked to a few different people at Gen Con. So that's going to be something that we'll have to develop going forward. But it, it, it is a goal of ours already. So Geist 2E, hoping to get into Soars. Uh, Dystopia Rising Evolution, we definitely hope to get into Soars. And I think most future Kickstarters, if not all, I have no idea the exact plan on that. But I think a lot of them will have that language listed on them too. Like say, like we're trying to create this deluxe print run and also get right. it into stores. So Is that kind of weird doing Geist 2E into stores when there's no like Vampire 2E, Chronicles of Darkness, uh, Mage 2E? I mean, is, is it weird starting with Geist? Well, if it not really because that's part of what the Kickstarter was meant to do. And if it works and we can distribute it, then we have the possibility of maybe going back and doing some of our other ones. Once again, I'm not right. sure how they want to do that exactly. And obviously, when you say, I mean, some of those were published a while back. Like Vampire right. Requiem 2E was, was not recent. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to see Changeling in stores because Changeling consistently has really great fans at conventions, people right. that really want to talk about it. Um I think one of the reasons why Geist is actually a really good candidate is because it is, it's the game of second chances, that's kind of its thing, but also right. the first edition really didn't have a chance because it was coming out at a time when the CCP White Wolf thing was happening, yes, like many, right. many years ago. Um, so Geist never really got the shot that a lot of our other Chronicles games did, right. and that is sad to me because it's actually a super cool game <laughs> um yeah, so i is. am i am looking forward to hopefully seeing that one in stores i think that it would do well um, i am actually one of those people that bought the first edition from a big box store i got mine at a borders oh my gosh you got the very first one then because we have <laughs> yeah. released a revised one since then because the first yeah, one that's right got pushed yeah. out the door way too quick um yeah, yeah guys guys has a, a storied and sad history of being a really cool game that got mishandled a few times yeah. but travis stout did an amazing job on tui on the development of it um all the writers did a fantastic job on it and i think the kickstarter went really well like it wasn't one of our giant you know it didn't make a million dollars or anything but it did fund in a day um right. and it, it it more than doubled its funding which that's all you can ask for really right. uh and i 
I would love to see it in stores, even if it's just, you know, a few stores here and there. It's cool to walk into a local game store and see books that you worked on, which is right. not something that I've had very much with working on mostly Onyx Path things. Uh, so yeah, no, that's that's a goal. We'd like it to be in stores. I'd love to see Exalted back in stores. Um, oh, me too. That would be amazing because it's a it's cool just, game. And, and it's just, that's such a big part of, uh, I guess, the awareness of it. And mm-hmm new players stumbling into it. I mean, I, I know that that's how I came across Exalt. It was not because I read something on RPG.net where somebody was explaining how awesome the system was or anything, but just because uh, Harmonious Jade on the cover of the first edition book with her cool, um, you know, dreadlocks with beads in it, hair, and that awesome bow that she had. And I saw that and was like, what is this? You know, <laughs> and, and reached out, pick it up, flip through. I saw the, and, and I know, this 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 is uh, you know point of consternation or whatever. But I flipped through and saw the charm trees, the 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 graphical charm trees. Mm-hmm. Bought the book on the spot, That's and awesome. I know that like third edition doesn't have charm trees, and some people really hate that, and some don't care. I'm one of those people that doesn't really care that it doesn't have it. Right. I don't go out and download the ones that people have created homebrewed charm. I don't. I just. I, I don't really care. I can. I can tell how the charms are related to each other just by reading the entries. But I will say, I bought the book because of the graphical charm tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> the first edition book. So, so and then I tried. And that was the first thing I flipped to when I was showing people too. I'm like, hey, check out this game I just bought. Look at that. Look at the. This is like the archery tree. Check this out. And like showed them how you know you get this first, and you go to that, and, that. and look at what this one does. Look, it shoots this giant blah blah blah. You know. Right. And uh, so I was introduced to the game by just stumbling across it in a store shelf, on a store shelf. Um, honestly, it's how I picked up Vampire the Masquerade. Also, that cool green marble book. Oh yeah, I remember the first time I saw the Mage, uh, the the Mage the Awakening in the Vampire the Requiem with the, you know, the little piece of the cover that was uh, glossy while all the rest was was flat, you know, whatever or mm-hmm. satin. Everything else was satin. He had this one, and, and it just that physical product was so much cooler than everything else on the shelf. I still think the Vampire the Requiem first edition clan books are some of the best books that like White Wolf or Onyx Path have ever put out. Um, just mm. because of the art direction in them. Yes. And and, and the covers. The full color, the glossy, yeah. all that stuff. That's, oh, that's yeah, also that part was... of why I'm in love with Beckett's Jihad Diary for V20 right. that we just put out is because it looks like a diary. Like, Layout did such a great job with that. That um, Deva book. That, that uh, oh gosh. Kiss of the, the Succubus. Was so good. Yep. Yeah. That was one of the first was... Requiem books I owned because I was friends with a Requiem developer at the time when I was living in Atlanta. And so uh, she gave me copies of a couple of them and I was just like, this is the prettiest book ever. Oh, um, so good. I mean, my, so good. my business cards have the cover from New Wave Requiem on them because I oh, love yeah. the, the 80s art direction for that one. <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty cool cover. So, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's all kinds of cool stuff, and yes, there there is a really great thing about having a book in a store where people can pick it up. Having yeah. worked at a game store, I think that's part of what drove success for games like Tales from the Loop. You know, is that people came in and mm. they said, "This looks cool and different. What's this?" And you would go, "It's Stranger Things, pretty much." And they go, "Oh, I'm definitely <laughs> buying this." You know, um, right? And I mean, granted, it is it is much more than that, but that is kind of the the base. It 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 came out at the right time. You know, right? Um, yeah. I I think that people go in and they see things like L five R on shelves and the fifth, the upcoming fifth edition, and they'll go, oh, this book looks amazing. It's a cool samurai game. You know. Yep. Um, I picked up that the old L five R books so many times just because of the art direction of the, you know, the cover and and the logo, everything. I was just like, I want to like this, but I 
like other things. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost got into it a bunch of times. I will say that both me and Neil Price worked on fifth edition, and I think it's pretty cool. So cool. I have cool. mixed feelings because of the card game and what it did to Netrunner. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just decent. <laughs> I, uh, do people still play like actual physical card games anymore? I yeah. mean, since Hearthstone came out, I mean, is there yes. really? Uh, That's yeah. not possible. <laughs> I play Netrunner every Monday for like three months, and then was like, "This is so boring being on a computer uh, and not playing with mm. people at a table." Uh, well, I play on my iPad; it's a lot better. But uh, uh, I just—I'm a huge Hearthstone fan. Like I'm, I said, I'm wearing a Hearthstone shirt right now. I'm so. wearing a Magic the Gathering shirt. Come on, let's fight. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. We beef it. We beef it. I'm wearing a yeah. deliberative <laughs> podcast shirt. Do oh, I get points snap, for that? Snap, yeah. <laughs> well, Dixie, I, I think I think that's about it. I think we'll wrap it up there. But I, I really appreciate you coming on, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you us for having me. This what was you do. super fun. Yes, we enjoyed it. And uh, tell the other guys that we said hello, and uh, we have much love for you guys and all the work that you do, and especially this one amazing game, uh, Exalted. And so. <laughs> um, we wish you guys all the best. Yeah, so anything any... else you want to say to folks before, before well, we head out? I will I will do my one marketing thing. I've got I've got one marketing thing, and that's that if you didn't back Dragon Blood and what Fire has wrought and you're still interested in getting a copy, it is available on Backer Kit. So you can still awesome. take yeah, up the deluxe version of that book. You can still pick up some of the other little add-on goodies for oh, it. Nice. So if anybody missed it, didn't have the money at the time, I totally get that because I didn't. Um, right. <laughs> then you could. Yeah, I saw that, that when I was licking my chops, looking at those uh, <laughs> cloth maps. And hey, yeah, you know, whether... actually, <laughs> speaking of that and the cloth maps, do you think that if someone, d maybe myself, can't afford to get the cloth maps right now, that that might be still available during the Lunar's Kickstarter? Maybe. I'm not sure what we're gonna do for that. Yeah, as far as the maps go, they are a good add-on. People do love them. Um, mm -hmm. So I hope it keeps being feasible for us to put them on and possibly other ones. Like, I want to do a map of you, Sean, for the Sidereals book eventually. You know? Oh, wow. Oh, um, right. Because, <laughs> I, because I'm a Sidereal. Uh, <laughs> but that all depends on our, our cartography and just the budget and how it works out. Hopefully it'll work right. out like it did with the last one where we can do the one or the other and the bundle. But we usually yeah. hammer all that stuff out like within the month before the Kickstarter. So nothing's going to be final until then. Um, so I just need to find the money for it now. Hmm. The backer kit's going to be up for a little bit longer. You do have time. It's not like, you know, it's not, it's, the book's not going out tomorrow. So you, you guys ever, ever consider doing like just big paper poster maps for those things, you know, like a um, $20 or something. <laughs> I'm, I maybe even discuss, I think it's something we could possibly put on our Redbubble store at some point. Um, yeah. But I don't mm. know if we wanted to keep it like a special thing, you know, like a limited edition thing. We want to put it out to where anybody can grab them. Um, Why wouldn't you want to get the cloth maps? They have well, a liminal Betsy Ross that is yeah, weaving those really... by hand. It's really expensive to add a couple of those. Whereas, like, like, I've got, I'm sitting down here in my nerve cave, nerd cave right now, and I've got this immense inner sea region map from Pathfinder on the wall that is made up of four posters taped together. And, you know, I think I paid like 15 bucks for that or something. And it, and it like takes up a whole wall and it's gorgeous, you know? Right. And, and so, like, while the cloth maps are amazing and completely trump <laughs> that in terms of just the, the cool factor and the quality and everything. 
sometimes sometimes people just you know they just want a big old piece of paper that yeah. can, they can stick on the wall and I, you know? I completely understand that i mean that's, that's something that i don't know if it's been brought up and shut down before or if there's a reason so i'll look into that because it makes sense to me as a thing to at least have on Redbubble, which is like you know the print right. print on demand print your own stuff Absolutely. kind of thing um because i yeah. know that yeah it's on there now we'll see all, all right. right well cool thank you so much and uh we'll, we'll thank keep you. in touch Thank you. Love to have you back some point in the future. Talk about new projects coming out or whatnot at that time. So yeah, like I said, I mean, if nothing else, maybe around the Lunar's Kickstarter, we can uh, oh, have a chat. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, mm. that would be great. All right, that'd be great. Have a good Very day, all. Right, well, thank you. Thank right, you. you too. Bye. All right, so we are so thankful that Dixie could be here today, and uh, very fun talking to her about all, that a whole was a bunch of, of different subjects. And uh, we look forward to seeing her again in the future sometime. Hopefully, we'll get her back on here. So, thank you, Dixie, for for thank taking you. time out of your day to come out here and do that. All right, guys. So now we have got some very exciting results from the challenge that we issued last week. <laughs> One might even say an overwhelming result. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. This Charles, is like I want to know who this one is that says everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler this alert, guy? it's me. <laughs> so when we asked for submissions for a build-your-own-liminal charm challenge, a lot of you out there went full excellency on us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not convinced this isn't like a dedicated denial of service attack on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we talked, I think, even a little bit last week about how, you know, our first our first challenge to make your own spell, we got nobody but us, you know, did it. And then like the second challenge, we had one person actually send in something and one person almost send us in something. And then for this challenge, it was just like drinking from the fire hose. So <laughs> the I very same say, fire hose that put out the dumpster fire in episode zero. Oh, callback! <laughs> Hello. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but hey, I like it like this a lot better. It's great to see people uh, really get their creativity going, coming up with some really cool stuff. But before we get into what was sent in to us by all these listeners, I want to do, I want to see what we came up with. So Jim, what sort of charm did you make for our liminal build your own charm challenge? Well, the name of the charm that I came up with is the lashing gut entanglement. Oh, I like the way this is going already. Now, this is an essence. Hang on, let me get my vomit cup ready. Oh, I <laughs> wrote this need for all of especially these for your vomit cup. Okay. <laughs> your vomit cup and throwing up on the mic was exactly what yeah, I was thinking about when I wrote this. runneth over. <laughs> <laughs> this is an essence one charm. And basically, okay. what happens is the liminal burst his innards open and his oh. intestines make a grappling based attack gracious this charm supplements a grappling gambit adding one automatic success to the attack roll an essence or three whichever is greater dice to the initiative roll so basically when you okay. do a gambit you roll um your initiative to see how many rounds of control you have right so this will add to that 
And okay. the, the liminal also negates the minus two penalty to defense that is that usually results from being engaged in a grapple. Now, the drawback is it can only be used once during a scene, and the liminal must absorb the innards of another corpse to be able to use it again. <laughs> that reminds me of going to the Chitlin Jamboree in Clio, oh, Alabama. No, no, no. <laughs> Shout out Clio, Alabama, Chitlin Jamboree. Hey. Uh, why is that a thing? <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, a friend of mine was actually the uh, the Chitlin Queen one year. So that's Gross. a thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is that is very disgusting and awesome, Jim. Yes. I dig it. <laughs> As a What'd liminal should with? be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What'd you come up with, Chuck? So mine is called Grave Shifting Personage, and it's an Essence 2 charm. And basically what happens is the liminal exalt spends an hour studying a corpse during which they have to maintain some form of physical contact with it. And in my mind, I imagine them like hopping down in the grave and just laying down beside the dead body. And then after, yeah, after doing that, they, uh, they make a check, a manipulation check and each success grants them non-charm bonus dice towards impersonating the target and mm. they can only hold you know hold in air quotes so many of those kinds of disguises in their repertoire uh based on their essence or manipulation but also i thought well you know i like that there's a limit so you can't you're not a lunar exalt right so you can't just basically right. infinitely impersonate anyone um so I came up with a special thing where if you burn a point of willpower, meaning, you know, if you have five points, you drop down to four, um, you can add that personage to your repertoire and it doesn't count towards that hard limit. Huh. Okay. Well, I, I sort of went in a similar direction that Jim did with a uh, grapple charm. I think a and lot of people did, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I just had. No, to I don't do mean something. that in a bad way. It's just like even I, when I was thinking of charms, everything I thought was just like, oh, just like screwing arms together to make like a lance that can grapple people from like <laughs> several range bands away or something. Right, right. Well, I, you know, I had to do something that included a field of corpses because I know how much you <laughs> like that, Charles. So, <laughs> let me so dump my that charm, in my vomit bucket. Okay, I'm ready to go. <laughs> my charm is called Last Grasp of the Fallen, and it is an essence one charm. And with this, through the essence of the grave, you call to fallen warriors nearby, and that can be that can be those who have been buried in like a graveyard, or it could be someone who's just recently died, like in the combat that you're currently involved in. Or, you know, if just if the combat takes place next to a couple of dead bodies for whatever reason, or in the aftermath of a battle and there's bodies everywhere. But anyway, there has to be some sort of dead person nearby. And what it does is you make a grapple gambit at range against the target that's either standing on a grave or otherwise near a dead body, right? So what happens is you're you're calling through your grave essence to that other body and briefly allowing it to animate to grab the person. That's and so awesome. it can it can start kind of, you know, holding them, controlling them, constraining their movements. And then if you pay an extra point of willpower as you approach, 
through some nasty, you know, flesh transmogrification stuff, your your body can sort of like meld with the corpse that's holding the person as like sinews and muscles from that body like flow into you until at the end of this transformation, you're the one holding the grapple. You're the one holding the person. So you just kind of like take over the grapple from the corpse as your body like melds with that body. So anyhow kind of an interesting interesting way of like messing around with stuff on the battlefield and I, th- I thought grapple at range would be pretty cool so well those are our three but we actually had quite a few more here so we want to go through these uh in no particular order so we didn't put th- these aren't in the order of like our favorite to our least favorite or our best friend to our least best friend or the they're not in reverse alphabetical order or anything. It's just merely random. Okay, okay so uh, the first user-submitted one we have comes from our friend Nagi at the Immaculate Chaos, which is another hey, yeah, another up? really awesome actual play Exalted podcast. Uh, and if you don't listen to them, you should. And this charm is called Lunar Heart Transplant, and it's an Essence 3 charm. And it is it's a permanent one, which is... Uh, I think Ooh. unique among the ones that we have received. Yeah. And basically what happens <clears throat> is you can remove the heart of a dying lunar that has your essence or lower, and you can put it in your own desiccated rib cage mm. as like your heart. And what that allows you to do is you can instantly learn one charm that that lunar had that you also meet the prerequisites for which is super awesome like i think that's just such a cool thing like hey here's a free charm you know right um and you also gain the shape-shifting ability for free Hmm. um but this this isn't like an instant thing so the charm that you've chosen uh, is not learned until the heart has been fully absorbed by your essence, which takes uh, months equal to the charm's essence requirement. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's something like it's a really cool effect, but it takes quite a long time in game to get that payoff, which I think is fair. Maybe the gaining the shape shifting ability might be a bit too much because that yeah. basically just seems. makes you a lunar i like though the ability to gain shape-shifting for a period of time you know yeah that's true like maybe for a day equal to the essence of the lunar whose heart you absorbed or something that'd be pretty neat hmm. yeah that's you need cool. some way to you need some way to limit it yeah all right Corey, i got a charm here from zane's the argent which is called the branded calf it is an essence one charm and the description is the lower leg of the bride of a lot marked with the tattoo of her god killed as the last standing defender of her tribe her defiance still pulses as it roots its hooves into the dirt when defending from an attack or using a defend other action you may increase your parry rating by your essence by paying an extra point of willpower and committing for the scene you may further increase it by one point per level of a relevant positive intimacy for as long as the charm is committed but only for the purpose of directly protecting such people and causes 
So that you know what I like about cool. this one. I like the fact that it's very specific about a lower leg of a bride of a lot. Yeah. Right. That's very cool. I, I hadn't thought about that before. Like making a charm specifically about a certain being or kind of person or whatever that kind of opens up a whole new range of things that could be possible if you you know if this is the direction that some of this stuff goes like like i was saying earlier i think this one is cool because it's it's very specific but i also feel like um I don't know. I don't know. I feel like liminals will deal a lot with absorbing intimacies. Yeah. Right. And this one really plays on that, which I thought was super, super cool. All right. Here's another one from a will B. will B sends us the beast's heart encircled. And he, he also writes AKA dead meat suit style. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) So that's a thing we all know now. (laughs) That's right. And so the way this works is that the liminal takes the dead body of an animal and he he puts some examples in here like a bear, a horse, a yetim, something big. Although yetim, gosh, those things are big. But uh, but anyway, you take this this animal, just kind of wrap its body around you and its its dead flesh kind of serves as a heavy ablative armor for a time being because – it's it's just chunks of flesh that are sort of halfway melded onto you and so as as people Ugh. hit you with swords and arrows and whatnot that's not that's not going into your flesh it's going into the flesh of this animal that you've wrapped around yourself hence the dead meat suit style and so uh, over time though it's just going to rot and fall off so it's not it's not like a permanent armor that you gain and also he says that it gives you a bit of a, a dexterity penalty a minus two penalty at all dexterity based actions just because of the <clears throat> extra weight and the difficulty of controlling all of that because it hasn't actually melded into your sort of living undead flesh if that's a thing so uh, I think this I think this is really cool. I mean, this is this takes hide armor and D D to like all new levels. Right? <laughs> Just like, hang on a second, boys. Let me grab this cow over here. <laughs> like, you know, lightsaber the cool because it's it's one of the only charms we've seen so far that involved um, melding with flesh, but not completely. Yeah, like all yeah, the other ones are like you shove this dude's guts into your guts and then you can shoot him out like a grappling hook and <laughs> like you can you can cause a dead body to grab a dude's foot and grapple him and then when you go over there you can just kind of like melt in and replace that arm with your right. own arm but right. this one's like oh, you can put it on and have some semblance of control over it but maybe since it's an animal it doesn't really you know it's not really compatible completely that way so that's pretty neat i think yeah i think it's super cool i think it's disgusting dirty it's horrifically disgusting (laughs) and i thought they smelled that on the outside (laughs) (laughs) oh man well our next one comes from gedeon m and it's called tales of the crypt it's an essence one charm And basically, the gist of it is that while you were telling stories about a deceased person or ghost towns or graveyards, you gain a plus one die bonus for installing intimacies. 
So hmm. this really plays into the whole idea that liminals are kind of the, um, you know, lunars are the wild wardens of right. creation and liminals are the spirit wardens of creation. So when you're dealing with installing intimacies based on that, you are more, you have, you have a much stronger affinity f- for doing that successfully. So that's, that's pretty neat. Very that's cool. cool. That sounds cool. All right, we, the next one we got is from Generic Mail NPC. It's the Pulsating Sinew Frenzy, and we're going to have a complete write-up on this, but I'm just going to have to summarize this for you guys. But basically, what this is, is you um, sacrifice aggravated health levels to get a boost of strength and rage during the scene. Ooh, so yeah. he's got the rules on how this works, and we're going to post that on five polls. Uh but this is really cool where you just basically um, you do this extra damage and then at the end of the scene uh, once all this extra flesh falls off and burns uh, it'll cause some damage so you just need that extra boost for the fight it's awesome you use this charm it's really cool it's like like barbarian rage from pathfinder sort of right right that is very cool and our next, well, three, actually. <laughs> the uh, Overachiever Award goes yeah. this week to Moldova, who not only sent us three different charms, but actually created a whole new keyword for his charms. So he came up with a new keyword called Fetter, which, mean, which says that any liminal charm with this keyword directly deals directly with or has enhanced effects when dealing with ghostly fetters. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the first one he made is called Relic Tracing Stare, and it has to deal with offerings on the grave and using those. It's an Essence One charm that allows you to sort of investigate these offerings, grave offerings in the underworld to pick up on emotional energy resonance between that offering and the ghostly recipient of it so that you can do a profile action against the ghostly character or track the donor of that grave good back to whoever gave it. So a very interesting charm that, that gives you a little bit of versatility here in how you're tracking down some of this stuff that deals with ghosts in the underworld and whatnot as you're on your liminal type mission. And the other two charms that Madova created that kind of all go together here with this fetter keyword and whatnot, we'll be putting all of those up on the fivepoles.com so you can see all of this interesting stuff that he made here because this is uh, this is like a whole nother like subsystem that he's created with this fetter thing. So I think it's super cool. A lot yeah. of really interesting thematic stuff. So uh, thank you, Madova, for doing all of that. And you can check that out at Five Poles. All right, our next charm submission comes from our superfan, Louise. And uh, it's called the Grave Robber Method. And it's an Essence 3 charm. And basically what it allows you to do is kind of prep a body so that if you are killed, you will instantly re- reincarnate in that other body. So it's kind of like making a phylactery, sort mm. of. Mm. Um and you can only activate the charm when you're at the incapacitated damage level. This next charm comes to us from Michael B. Not to be confused with the Michael on our wild shape, but this is merch that is on our deep wild play-by-post uh. forum. Oh, 
<laughs> so we this is start a really giving people cool... new names. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really cool charm called the Eye of the Beholder. Basically, uh, you can pull your eye out, and the optic nerves and stuff <laughs> that are on the back of it sprout like a spider, and it can crawl under doors and through oh. keyholes so that you can see stuff that's on the other side. And that oh, just seems like a gosh. really cool charm. That is cool. <laughs> you know, some of these things, uh, uh, there, there have been a few so far that I that when I read them, they really sound more like abyssal charms. <laughs> and this is kind of one of those that, that really feels abyssal to me. This one. And I think the one, maybe the one that uh, Jim created. Yeah. Yours, Jim, that with the, with the guts that shoot out, that kind of reminds me of some abyssal stuff too, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where they draw the line between abyssals and liminals when it comes to some of this kind of macabre body part mess. <laughs> but yeah, very cool. Little spy spider eye. That's awesome. I spy with my spider eye. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one that we have comes to us from our friend John Jay, also over on the Deep Wild Forum as Black Plague. And the one that he sent in is called Death's Embrace. All right. So this charm is uh, it's 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 about battle groups and mass combat kind of stuff. And it's, it's after you've killed off some members of another battle group, you can use this to sort of partially animate, but then also kind of partially liquefy, putrefy Ugh. some of the dead folks who have died that were a part of that battle group. And it sort of creates essentially like difficult terrain for the rest of the battle group and then also just disgusts them because these are the people they were fighting next to just a moment ago so it makes route checks more difficult and all of that other kind of stuff is they are just overwhelmed with the smell and with the difficulty of hands now grabbing at ankles and you know teeth biting at boots and all of that other kind of stuff and just it sort of turns just the whole battlefield into like a horror for the for the remaining living members of that battle group so that is, i didn't even think Nasty. about doing like a, a <laughs> battle group kind of charm yeah. that's kind of yeah cool. that is that is cool that is gross he's he's got it uh he said high essence for this one and i agree because it's gonna it's gonna encompass a, a large effect on a large number of bodies and whatnot but yeah uh, right but i do think it is very cool so Thank you to everybody who sent in entries for this week's challenge. And so uh, I think it's just so cool. Got a lot of got a lot of response on this one, and we are going to find a cool way to put this up on five polls, perhaps in like a collected edition, like a little PDF or something with everybody's charms on there. So if you want to add liminals to your game as like a antagonist here. In the next little while, before we get that Liminals book, maybe you want to have uh, your Liminal use some of these gross things so that they can really <laughs> challenge your players. So, yeah, come check it out over at Five Poles once we get that up a little bit later this week. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that wasn't the last one because I see the message light blinking on the message machine over there, and I believe that the message left this week is also... A liminal charm. How can Let's you know go- that from a blinking light? I call shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> can you mark as unread a message yeah. light blinking on a message machine? I don't know. Is that a thing? Oh, man. All right. Well, let's go push this button here and see what he's got to say. Hey, guys. It's Adam again. And I'm here to say challenge accepted. So I was thinking what would be cool 
for a liminal charm or a sorcery spell. If it was a charm, maybe it'd be under perception or it could be a spell where the liminal, using the all-seeing eye of the Dark Mother, is able to charge up essence and shoot it out in a beam that's actually a grappling beam. Maybe it can grapple even dematerialized spirits, maybe at short range. And then maybe an upgrade to the charm, um, if the beam is held long enough on the opponent's spirit, it could crash them and maybe even send it back into the underworld and then the spirit maybe has to travel to the nearest um, Shadowlands to reemerge. And then maybe it could be combined with um, a craft charm. I'm not sure what attribute that would be under where the liminal creates some sort of trap and is able to grapple beam the spirit into the trap. If you're thinking to yourself that this sounds a lot like Ghostbusters, you'd be correct. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome, Adam. Yes, indeed. I was picturing that. I was even going to say the thing about the trap before I heard you say it. So, yeah, that is awesome. And, of course, what if you had four people, four liminals in a party, in a circle, using this same power at the same time? And let's just say the streams got a little close to one another and perhaps crossed. Yeah. So anyway, very cool. Very cool. Uh, proton pack liminal charm there. Uh, thought it was very neat that you're using the, the, uh, the eye of the dark mother and some of that kind of stuff and just focusing mainly on the, the ghost and the spiritual side of things. Whereas a lot of the others seem to be focused on the physical macabre flesh type stuff. So very cool, very cool charm. And uh, thank you so much for sending that in. Well, all right. Well, that's about as much time as we have today. And so before we go, guys, where can folks find more of your stuff? Well, Corey, you can find me at the official Onyx Path forums and on our Deep Wild forums as Lucky Chucky. I also run our Facebook page, the, the Deliberative Podcast, as well as our Twitter account at Deliberative Pod. You can always find me at our website at fivepoles.com or reach me direct at my email, james.fivepoles at gmail.com. I go by the username Reform Ninja on the forums. And for all game-related things, including the official Onyx Path forums and the deepwild.com forums, I am Numa Pilot. And if you have a question or an issue that you would like us to discuss on The Deliberative, please send your question to us at thedeliberativepodcast at gmail.com. That's thedeliberativepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And if at all possible, send us a recording of yourself asking the question or making the comment, and we will put you on the show. I would like to thank epic botch that's probably the first time those words have ever been uttered together <laughs> that's uh, right but i would like to thank epic botch for giving us a itunes review don't forget to leave us a review guys and if you can uh you're not an itunes subscriber uh leave us a review on stitcher that's right and thank you for listening to the deliberative podcast now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know best goodbye everybody bye -o. see ya